0: This Sunday's gospel passage is taken from a section in the gospel according to St. Matthew, where Jesus spells out some of the different requirements for a life lived in and for God. Including among the requirements is the call to love without measure, acquiring a childlike attitude, as well as a readiness to sacrifice all that we have for the kingdom of heaven, what is often called the impossible detachment, detachment from worldly things. And finally, the real meaning of status in God's eyes. The punchline in the gospel parable this Sunday is this, Many that are first will be last, and the last will be first. What does this say about God's decisions when the Son of Man comes at the final judgment and at the dawn of the new world? Will those who lived ages ago have advantage over the more recent arrivals on the planet Earth? That's not what he's talking about. Clearly, the point that Jesus is making in the parable this Sunday, don't be too confident or complacent in your spiritual life so as to actually be missing the point by growing proud or neglecting the essence of true love, brotherly love, fraternal love. In God's eyes, there is no small person or great, no first or last, since all of us are equal before God's free and gracious love, given as a gift every moment of our existence. We hear a lot in today's world, especially in these United States, about two tiers of justice. There are no two tiers of greatness in God's eyes. We're all the same. St. Therese of Lisieux, the 19th century French Carmelite nun who is now named a doctor, Of the church, like to point out in regards to who will be happiest in God's kingdom that all who are in heaven will be completely satisfied. Now, I want you to think for just a moment about three containers that could hold water a thimble, a little sewing thimble, a drinking glass. Or a bucket. Teresa said, Fill them all to the brim. Which of the three is the fullest? All three, in fact, are completely full. Such is the case as well for all the blessed in heaven. Where they have gone, we hope to follow, trusting we will be truly fi- fulfilled by God to the ability that we bring into His kingdom. In Jesus' parable this Sunday this Sunday of the vineyard owner there is a reversal of payment made to the workers at the end of the day. Those who came last and worked very little are paid first and they are paid the exact same amount as those who labored all day. The sting in the story is not so much that the last workers were paid first, but something else. It is the landowner's words of self-defense in the face of the criticism that he is receiving that's supposed to grab our attention. What might have shocked the first hearers of the parable, and maybe ourselves as well, is the apparent injustice and the lack of social impropri- impropriety on the part of the landowner. That's not the point the vineyard owner's decision to do as I please with my money forms the heart of the parable. So let go of that injustice that you're holding on to and think about the real point of the parable. Can I not do as I please with my own money In the parable, the landowner is to be understood as to represent God. With this in mind, we can presume that God does what he wills, whether we like it or not. God's generosity cannot be outdone, and it may be very different from our own standards of conduct The parable of the vineyard owner and the distribution of equal wages relates to other places in the Gospels where Jesus associates with and is kind to sinners and tax collectors. In fact, Jesus uses the parable of the vineyard owner in the face of the attacks from certain religious leaders of the time. The parable emphasizes that the landowner is allowed to choose as he sees fit, giving to the last as he gave to the first, even if his generosity is resented by some. Jesus uses strong words for the vineyard owner being attacked. Are you envious because I am generous? Now, that's not exactly what Jesus said. The original Greek translation would read, Is your eye evil because I am good? Now, have you ever given somebody the side eye, the evil eye? That's what Jesus is saying. the vineyard owner says, are you looking at me? Are you looking at me? Don't I have the right to do what I want with my own money? You know, that says it all. How often people, maybe ourselves as well, are not satisfied with how God works in the lives of others, or sometimes in our own lives. Today's parable is a good reminder of God's gracious generosity. No one is excluded, and all are welcome to receive it. In the face of divine goodness, narrow categories of how God should act, how God should act, are set aside. Human prejudice, narrowness, selfishness are in sharp contrast to the way God acts. Nonetheless, we are challenged to mirror and express in our own lives the bountifulness of God and to live in freedom from prejudice as Jesus consistently preached and lived. This message is no less important today than it was when Jesus first articulated it. We are always free to resist or reject God's ways, like those folks who just said what the landowner had done was completely unfair. And we also have the right to close ourselves to his gifts, to ourselves, And to others. However, as the prophet Isaiah reminded his hearers in the first reading for this Sunday, and this reading is 700 years before Jesus. And Mario took notes closely. (laughs) Isaiah writes, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor are your ways my ways, says the Lord. As high as the heavens are above the earth, so high are my ways above your ways, and my thoughts above your thoughts. Doesn't God have the right to do what he wants to do with the grace that he offers to all. Amen.